Good morning. Let's get straight to markets. Take a look at the impact for the indices. Factual. Succinct. All you need to know before your trading day starts. Subscribe to our newsletter, CNBC's Daily Open. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Valley, the podcast that explores the world of tech. I'm Tom Chitty and with me is CNBC's senior tech correspondent Arjun Kapoor. Have you ever wanted a smartphone that can wrap around your wrist? Or one that you can control with your eyes, perhaps? What about a laptop with a see-through screen? Well, this cutting-edge consumer tech and much more was on show at Mobile World Congress this week, and our man in Barcelona got to get his hands on it all. But despite all the new gadgetry, it was artificial intelligence that grabbed the headlines in Spain, and more specifically, AI phones. Beyond the valley. You'll be pleased to hear that you've had a lot of compliments in the office for your suit choices for this uh, for this week. Have I? That's. Do you know what? I've. Um, I don't want to toot my own trumpet, but I am going to anyway. <laughs> so I've had a lot of compliments on the ground, and uh, I've bought two coloured suits with me: the sort of green uh, one with the white pinstripes and the orange. Um, and you know. I've, I've alternated, you know, I've alternated them and, and switched up whether I wear them with a shirt and tie or whether I wear a roll neck. And it's the orange one that's leading at the end of my MWC here, mm. just by a just by a, a smidge. Well, I think there's an element of peacocking there. You know, that orange one just sort of stands out, and people can uh, spot you from a mile away. I bet. I think so. Yeah, um, sort of CBC colours as well, isn't it? It is, it is. More, You're on brand, yeah, always you know, on brand. On brand. Tell us the listeners uh, where, they, uh, where they're hearing you from. Yeah, I was just going to say, sorry if you hear, I don't know, cars, um, you know, birds or anything. I'm actually on the rooftop of a hotel because I thought, you know, I'm in Barcelona. So, you know, I want to show the viewers who obviously tune in, you can't really see anything. But when you go on our socials and you see these wonderful minute clips we put up, you're going to see the beauty of Barcelona. I mean, look, I'm just looking behind me now, uh, you know, if you're watching this on social. And it is absolutely stunning behind me. The old buildings of Barcelona in the background. Oh, I can see bits of the sea. It is absolutely wonderful. It's one of my favorite cities in Europe. Yeah, and, and you're dripped in a golden hue. It's, it's golden hour in Barcelona. You're just it looking fantastic. Hour. You're looking healthy. I forgot my sunglasses, Tom, because, you know, we're in the UK all the time. When do we even need them? And so, you know, I came here thinking, oh, it's going to, you know, more of the same. But no, I'm here in the sun. It's beautiful. So well, Mobile World Congress, um, for anyone that doesn't know, what is Mobile World Congress? Um, that is a good question. Sometimes I don't think it knows what it is. It's the world's largest mobile trade show. And I think sort of back in the day, it was very telecommunications focused. You know, companies that our audience probably know, like Nokia and Ericsson and these kind of companies that build or, or help to build the infrastructure that our mobile networks run on. Um, and then obviously the explosions of smartphones happened. And, and it was all about all of those devices. And it's turned into a bit of a consumer show. Um, there's in the past been lots of cars here as everything becomes connected to the internet. So it's sort of all encompassing, but it very much still is 
heavily focused on on the mobile industry. It's 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 our telecommunications network, but it's also these days the devices. Everything that is is connected to the internet. Well, there you go. Um, from someone who's who's been to Mobile World Congress a few times, I feel like the, in the last few years it's been a little quieter, slightly less fanfare than uh, than previous years. But I feel like this year was a return to form. Is that fair? Very fair. Yeah. Um, you're absolutely right. There was a moment. So it used to be MWC, typically the place where uh, Samsung used to have its big launch every single year, its flagship phone. And sort of Samsung went away and started doing its own thing. And then Huawei really took over the reins in its heyday. Um, and then, you know, US sanctions, as we've, as we've talk, spoken about on, on many other podcasts uh, through this series is, uh, you know, got hurt and it started to move away. And so there was a big gap there that really the other device makers couldn't fill, couldn't create that same buzz. But actually this year, it's, it's very different. There's some very cool innovations on show, which we're going to chat about. And it's more than just smartphones. There's lots of other things in between. Uh, and there were some fantastic interviews we did throughout the week as well. I interviewed one of my biggest... Uh the biggest star possibly in my in my repertoire was Fernando Alonso. Um, he was there with McLaren and uh, when he used to drive for McLaren, uh, the Formula One driver, if you didn't know. And the King of Spain had been there the day before and Fernando arguably had bigger bigger crowds following him than the King of Spain. And I had to walk with him through the Fira, which is the venue which uh, hosts Mobile World Congress. And there were crowds and uh, uh, for, a, for, an, for a split second... I knew what it felt like to be Harry Styles. Wow. Well, th they were there for you, Tom. Um, well, they were there for you. They, that's up for and debate. And that's why there were no celebs this year. That's, that's true. <laughs> because you weren't here. They knew you weren't coming. Um, we had gone to do an interview at one of the hotels. And as we left, um, there was a massive crowd that had gathered outside. You know, paparazzi and fans of, of whatever. And then, you know... Uh, me and my colleagues walked out the door. They they saw that you weren't there, and they just they just dispersed. Well, no, I don't can't blame them. Can't blame them. Yeah, so big disappointment. Well, we've got lots to talk about um, beyond uh, celebrities, uh, and we'll get into that in a minute. But let's uh, first find out what uh, Arjun's stat of the week is. The stat of the week this week is twenty. Two million. All right. Just to remind our listeners that if you have any questions on what we've discussed this week or past episodes, then email beyondthevalley at cnbc.com. Before we get back to our main story, uh, later in the episode, we'll also be discussing Apple's reported decision to scrap plans to build an electric car. But for now, Arjun, with the big smartphone players talking up AI phones at MWC this year, is this the boost that the stagnating smartphone industry has needed? I don't know if it is, Tom. I don't know if it is because, you know, what is an AI phone for starters? And I think the general population, the general consumer doesn't care whether the phone has AI or not. What they care about is what the phone does. And I think that is a bit, and we, you know, we're going to dig into exactly what an AI phone is, but, but I think, you know, when you're, when you're purchasing a phone, I don't think you're going... To, to look at one and say, oh, you know what, this has AI, I'm definitely going to buy this. I think it's more about the features. And I think one company so far that has done that well is Samsung. Uh, when they launched the S24 earlier this year, they discussed how you could do things like circle to search. 
you know, you may have something open on Instagram or elsewhere and you could just use your finger or whatever to, to circle that image and it will immediately search for it on the web. Now, that is a tool, that is a tool, a feature driven and underpinned by artificial intelligence. Uh, and while Samsung is using AI in some of its marketing speak, what it's trying to do is show users these new experiences. And that's not the same for every company. Um, Apple is usually very, very good at doing this. Uh, and uh, and I suspect when it brings out its next iPhone, it's going to be talking a lot about the features uh, and the capabilities um, and tools that you could use rather than saying this is an AI phone. Um, whether it's a shot in the arm for the, for the stagnating and under pressure industry, I don't know. I think phones are still expensive. People are holding them for longer and those structural issues still remain. But there seems still a little bit of excitement within the industry. Okay, maybe not amongst the everyday consumer, but the the industry seems excited. This is something new, something innovative that we can we can push our our, our consumers to to want to buy to have. Um, is that are they in a little bit of an echo chamber there? They love it. They love a new technology buzzword. Uh, that's for sure, and that and that's really what we're getting at them. I think it, I think it's helpful when we start talking about what is an AI phone? I mean, we need, we need that fundamental basis to start with because it's different to every manufacturer, um, what they mean by this, an AI-infused phone. So, you know, from the analysts I've spoken to, there's a couple of generally uh, agreed principles of, of what will, will define an AI phone. Um, the first one is that it's going to have a, a, a specific next-generation chipset, which many of the new flagship phones coming out this year are having, often by Qualcomm, uh, which is you know, the massive smartphone chip maker. The second generally agreed principle is that AI phones will be phones that are able to um, process AI applications on the device. Now, this is different. A phones with AI are not new. We have had AI on our, in our phones for, for several years. But typically, a lot of these processes around AI happen in the cloud. I, let's say you're doing something with um, Google Assistant on an Android device. What will happen is um, you open up Assistant, you say a command or, or whatever, uh, and that process uh, will partly happen in a data center somewhere in the cloud and then be brought back to your phone, downloaded. And then, you know, you get the result of that. AI transaction, let's call it. Uh, On-device AI is where these artificial intelligence processes are actually processed on the device itself, whether it's a smartphone or tablet or laptop or car or, or, or could be anything. And that's a huge shift. And what the industry is saying is when we get to that pinnacle, what we will then have is one, better security because there's your data is not going up to the cloud and back. Um, you'll have faster processes because it's all processed on the device. Again, there's no, none of that lag. Uh, and, and what they're also saying is this is going to unlock new experiences around the device, um, stuff that we haven't had before. And I think the utopia for a lot of these companies is the phone becomes your personal assistant. That's, that's where they're looking at. But if they're not using the cloud, and I think this is one of the key points that they, they, they've explained, and that it's all on the device, then the processors and the chips required to power those devices are going to have to be pretty advanced. And we're, are we even, do we even have those chips? Are they, are they in existence yet? Pretty advanced, but also the other big thing here is low power consumption, right? Because you can't have this you know, battery-hungry chip 
that's just eating up your device's battery mm. just to carry out these processes. They're two very complicated things. They're starting to hit the market. I, I mean, you're seeing them from, in particular, two companies, Qualcomm and MediaTek, um, in particular, uh, uh, going this direction. Uh, I saw a lot of demos uh, at MWC involving Qualcomm chips. Um, we interviewed the CEO, um, actually, as part of our, our coverage. Um, just, so, I mean, while I'm on, the, on that topic, Cristiano Amon, the CEO of Qualcomm, you know, sat down with us, just bring you a quick thought from his on, on where he believes AI is going. We are on the cusp of an AI revolution and to bring excitement so people want to have an AI phone. I think that's what we're betting. We're betting that there's going to create a new cycle in this industry. And you've started to see some very compelling use cases. So he's obviously very excited about the whole thing, uh, about AI, but there's two bits of it. Yes, you can have the chips which are coming and are hitting the market and are definitely going into smartphones this way. The second part is you need the developers to create the applications that can run on the devices. And so that's the next big step. And we're nowhere near that yet in terms of any kind of mass scale approach to that. We're starting to see it. We've seen demonstrations here and there across NWC, but this is still largely up in the cloud. So when we're talking about AI phones, I think what's going to happen this year, and from what I understand, from what I've learned this week, is we will begin to see a, an application here, an application there running on device. But it's still very much going to be, um, I guess, cloud-based AI processes. But I think one of the things you are going to see more of is these large language models, these generative AI applications begin to hit the smartphone market uh, and applications hit the smartphone market. And I think when the, when the industry is talking about AI um, features, this is the kind of stuff they're talking about. And there are plenty more AI features on phones I saw this week as well. In terms of the smartphone makers themselves, who were sort of talking up AI the most? the likes of Apple, who don't have a great presence at MWC. What do we know about them? And obviously, uh, Huawei, I'd like to hear more about how they've been, because they've had quite a turbulent time when it comes to uh, last few years, and, and their experience at MWC as well has been uh, pretty uh, up and down, should we say. Yeah, um, lots of things. Apple, just you know, not present, as, as you said. I suspect we will hear more when the iPhone 16 is launched later this year. We'll hear more about what they're AI efforts and what they have in store there. Um, Samsung, big on the AI front, massive on the AI front. They were doing uh, lots of marketing around that. Honor, the company that was spun off from Huawei, they were doing a lot of talk. Actually, they had a really interesting demo. Um, and you know, uh, if you look at our social channels, Tom, you, you'd have seen this already, uh, but if our listeners this, watch our social channels, you see this demonstration they gave with their new smartphone, the, um, the Magic 6 um, Pro. Uh, it had eye tracking. So you'd be holding your phone and a notification would pop up on the top. Now, let's imagine you're, I don't know, looking at something in, in, in WhatsApp uh, and then a phone call comes and it pops down from the top. Now, ordinarily, you'd sort of, I guess, tap that notification, then answer the call or whatever. This one, the phone had the ability to track where your eyes were looking. And if you looked at the notification long enough, it opened the phone app. Now, you know, that requires some pretty intensive processing, and that's what they showed off. Um, for example, as I said with Samsung, it was about that circle to search they were talking about. Um, but interestingly, I also had uh, an interview today with um, uh, someone very high up in their research and development dis uh, uh, division, and he was talking about how they're going to infuse AI into the device, uh, in particular with its voice assistant called Bixby. So that's going to be an interesting process um, to see play out uh, as well. Uh, in, in terms of Huawei, 
Uh, and on all of the Do other smartphones we're just, talking about, shout, shout. Just, just yeah. quickly on on Honor, um, it's a spin-off of Huawei, correct? Mm. Yeah. Uh, is it is it just a, a clean break from the Huawei name that has sort of been tainted in recent times? Its reputation, at least in America. Yeah. Uh, backstory on that one: it it actually got sold in 2020 from Huawei uh, to a consortium of buyers um, in China, including the government of Shenzhen. And the reason they did that is because at that time, Huawei's smartphone business was being crushed by U.S. sanctions, and Honor was basically the sub-brand of Huawei. It was like a mid-price, mid-tier brand, supposed to be you know cool and, and trendy and funky. And so, um, to save that brand. Huawei sold it off so that it was no longer subject to U.S. sanctions. And so that was in 2020. They started to get their act together in 2021, launching phones and eventually hit the European market uh, just recently. And so uh, they've grown extremely quickly in China. And now they're looking to grow very quickly in Europe. They had a huge presence at MWC, massive booth. For anyone who's ever not ever been to MWC, it is a ginormous place. You know that, Tom. Uh, I think I walked probably 50,000 steps over my, um, honestly, over the last five days. I arrived on Saturday, a lot of steps in there. Um, and it, it, it was, it, it, it's huge. They had a huge presence there. And, and a lot of what they were doing was trying to talk up their AI game. Look, a lot of the, what the smartphone makers are trying to do with AI is differentiate from a, a crowd, a, a sea of, of very samey smartphones um, but secondly, these features, um, they put them in their high-end devices to start with. Uh, and it, in, in an attempt to kind of show that premium segment of the market, that this is where innovation is happening. That's one of the things I think that, that we saw this week. Um, Huawei, interesting. They had a ginormous village, I want to call it. Back, back as of like they used to have, like three years ago, they had like a vast village that was sort of totally like almost their own hall was that was that what they were you know replicating it was it was their own hall it right. was their own hall um but look they used to go big on the consumer front they used to talk about their smartwatches and their phones and everything like that now this year was fascinating um remember huawei is not just a phone company they were the world's one of the world's biggest telecommunications networking equipment companies and um, they have all sorts of parts of their portfolio and at MWC they used to talk up big time the consumer tech but given the state of, of the US sanctions on the company um, that has gone down a bit however obviously this year is interesting and last year too we spoke about it on another episode about their phone the Mate 60 in China and how it had a very advanced chip with 5G connectivity I had a briefing with the consumer team which involved their press team and, and others. Um, I sat there for, you know, about 40 minutes, listening to their presentation about what they were doing and uh, the smartwatch strategy and the fashionable phone strategy and various other tenants. Then it came to the Q&A. So, <laughs> you know, naturally, I asked about the 5G phone and, and, you know, the press representative said, we've never confirmed it was a 5G phone. And I said, yes, well, the report suggests, you know, and are alleging that it was a 5G phone. There was a bit of a dance. But anyways, I never got to the bottom of whether Huawei is going to confirm or not that it's a 5G phone. Um, and but one thing they did say is they're still very committed to the smartphone market. They want to continue. So what that looks like now going forward in 2024 and in particular in international markets where, you know, their market share is, has been eviscerated, really. 
that's going to be fascinating. What, what's the comeback story, if there is one? But, you know, a different story for Huawei. Uh, less, um, let's say, vocal about the consumer side. Certainly very vocal about other things. And we've got to do an episode on this, actually, Tom. But 5.5G or 5G advanced. I'm going to leave that hanging there because Five this and is a half whole G. thing. Five and a half G, mate. That is, <laughs> that's where we're at. You know, uh, Karen Cho, uh, one of the anchors of Squawkbox, was, was here this week doing some phenomenal work, great interviews. And she spoke to all the big telcos, all the big CEOs of the telco companies, all the big CEOs of the networking equipment makers, Nokia, Ericsson. And a few years ago, you know, when you were here, Tom, all anyone could talk about is how 5G was going to you know, change the world. It hasn't done that. The telcos have invested billions and billions of dollars in 5G and they're not seeing the return on their investment. And now they're wondering, was it all worth it? And there was a real mood on the ground here um, this year that, right, we hyped up 5G. I think we need to calm down. I think we need to figure out really what it is before we start talking about 5.5G and even 6G at this point. So it was a real measured mood here on the ground from the telcos which i thought was fascinating and a complete change from the 5g will change the world Mm. hype we heard a few years ago okay so let's wrap up that your your sort of week when we talk about ai and the kind of discussions you've had and the interviews you've you've conducted what would be your your key takeaway um from this week when it comes to ai so AI phones, more advanced chips uh, on device AI, but the vision, this is the vision, is the phone from the phone makers that AI will create this very personalized experience for you on your devices. If, I, if you message me, Tommy, like, shall we go for a beer at this pub, uh, and you put the name in, I'll read that message and it will know that what I'm going to do is either reply to you there and then, maybe search on a map app where this pub is, or maybe go and make a reservation um, of some sort. And this is the kind of scenarios they were giving where they were saying, well, the the AI, the chatbots, all of those things on our devices are going to know what you want to do next. They're going to help you. They're going to be personalized. And and that's just on the phone. Now, a lot of these... device makers of the electronics companies, you think of a Samsung and Honor, they have smartwatches, they have laptops, they have tablets. You know, they're thinking that actually their operating system, their software, their AI is gonna help across all those devices, use your entire world of, of, of data that you have on these devices to create an assistant that is personalized to you. It's gonna be your coach, your mentor, your butler, your everything is the vision that I was, uh, I was being told this week, uh, depending on who you spoke to. So that's really where they're looking to go. Ambition to me is about doing better. I think ambition creates a pathway. The best advice I can give someone starting off a career is don't have a career, have lots of careers, try loads of different things. Talk to people and put your ambition out there. I don't feel that I've hit peak ambition because it's a learning journey. CNBC is where ambition meets opportunity. What does living ambitiously mean to you? Hear it from our CNBC anchors, reporters and global business leaders on CNBC.com. Let's uh, let's also find out uh, about any other weird and wonderful tech that's caught your eye this week. For anyone that hasn't uh, been on our social media, Instagram, TikTok, um, Arjun's been posting uh, a bunch of interesting, 
incredible uh, tech that has been showcased this week in Barcelona. Um, out of all of the margin, let's let's get let's do your top three. Oh, don't make me do this. Some right, okay. So <laughs> one, <laughs> um, here's what here's what, and Im- imagine that it was only on the third, well, the final day here at MWC of my day. Anyway, um, I came across this device called. An AI, I'm sorry to bring it back to AI, but unfortunately I have to. An AI pin, it's called an AI pin, and the company that develops it is Humane. Uh, I'd never heard of them, uh, and they were exhibiting as part of Qualcomm stand. So this is a device about the size of a cookie, um, you know, uh, if it was a square shape. It looked, cookie. It looked like a, the face of a, um, an old, uh, or, or like an Apple Watch. That was the sort of size of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a much better reference because cookies, you know, vary depending <laughs> on where you go in the world. Uh, <laughs> but but it goes on your, you know, on your on your jacket, on your jumper, whatever you're wearing, right? And um, you press it, and it's a voice assistant, and you can say, "Hey, uh, you know, what what should I do in Barcelona, or what's the time?" And it will, you know, speak to you back, um, and then um, you know you can follow up and say, "What's the conversion rate, you know, of euros to whatever?" And it will tell you that information. Uh, it's got a camera built in, so you could tell it to record stuff, take pictures, and then this is the crazy bit. It's got like a laser built into it that projects stuff onto your hand, and then. You can move your hand and do certain actions that actually move the menu. Um, I don't know. It's it's a whole thing. It was very fascinating to watch. So so you're standing there. You film this guy. You're filming him on your phone. He he presents the you know what this pin can do, do and then proceeds to uh, bring up this 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 laser projector, and then he he's basically been filming you, and then he flicks through. Uh, the other video files that he's recorded through this tiny pin onto his hand. I was. <laughs> <laughs> what did you? What did you think, Tom? What did you think? Honestly, like, because I was there and I thought, wow, this is this is no, crazy. No, I, mean, I did think you... I think it was cat. Like, I was completely gobsmacked. Even though I'm watching it on, you know, on 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 a video, I wasn't there to witness it in person. But you know, it was just incredible um you know such small would you wear one I'd, I'm more likely to wear that than a VR headset or a, an AR or mixed reality headset um can I can I sort of fudge uh, and cheat a little bit on this section because you said top three yeah so that was like AI pin is like up there mm. right no particular order but my second one I'm going to do a category funky okay. displays yeah okay? you can cheat yeah, right that's fine so so AI pin, fantastic, very cool, cool tech. Interesting to see where it goes, right? Um, funky displays, right? So we all know about the foldable phone, yeah? And we know about, you know, the, the, the foldable one like a book, the one that opens up like a, a sort of a vertically. Um, but there were some funky displays on. So the first was a phone from Motorola, concept device mind you may not ever come to market that could bend in multiple ways and wrap around your wrist so that was one that was really fascinating and the the person doing the demo showed how it could generate a background uh based on your outfit basically if you take a picture of your outfit it'll generate a background so you can match your stylist uh, stylish wrist phone to your outfit um which is which is, I'm not sure I want to wear a phone on my wrist. I'll be honest with you. Is that something you're you're into? No, Would you definitely wear not. Watch? Not something practical. It didn't seem practical to me. No, we're doing a podcast and we're just saying go see the video. Go <laughs> see the. But they are great. They are. I mean, 
like whoever's listening, please go and see the videos. Yeah. They're all online. We're, not, we're definitely I've not going to do furiously, it No, I've been furiously, you know, sending stuff um, to you, Tom, and our social team who've been wonderful and popped it online. And it's been, it's been fantastic. But please go and see the video. Okay, so, so displays. So, um, yeah, the, the thing... The, the, the other the, one that the I like... that goes on your wrist. So the one that goes on the yeah. wrist, but the other one I really liked was the sort of slide yeah. one that sort of stretched yeah. out yeah that that was cool again that looks like something that people would actually use and yeah. find useful yeah so it was a smart a regular size smartphone you press a button and this the screen expands it rolls out um like a horizontally. scroll like almost like there's a scroll at the back like you know like a paper scroll yeah. how you would pull that you know just to sort of try and like ex- explain how that being sort of stretched and then yeah. sort of collapsed again that you, but it's it seemed pretty seamless that was that was what was incredible yeah. about it useful useful i think yeah yeah i I I take that yeah. you you may not need a tablet as well as a smartphone nope. so you could just have the that mm. you know and the final one the see through laptop screen um from lenovo which uh is completely transparent uh which i know caused a bit of a stir didn't it on our social channels people loved seeing it and were wondering well then people are going to know what I'm looking at on my laptop screen. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, look, another That's fascinating That's the last product. thing anyone um, wants is a see-through I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, a fascinating uh, piece of tech nonetheless. So that's my display category. Okay. That's broadly number two. Um, number three, Tom, rings. Wait, so is this your number one or is this your number three? This is three rings. So your number one was the uh... the pin, the pin. Okay. Rings, rings because I was going to put them there. So in January, at the end of Samsung's like smartphone launch, they teased a new product, the first foray into the product category of smart rings. Just a picture on a screen, and um, I managed to see them and get my hands on one. One of the first, I think, reporters to do so, as far as I understand. Um, so I had an interview with their uh, the Samsung's head of health, Hon Pak, and um, yeah, got this fascinating story it's on CNBC.com, talking about the the idea for the ring, and, and effectively, it's a ring with lots of sensors, heart rate, sleep detection, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it underlines, I think, Samsung a couple of things. Samsung has always been or, or, or been relatively first in a product category. It waited a while to bring out the rings. It kind of was watching what was happening in the market and then decided, right, we've got to get into this. The other thing is it underscores a huge push for Samsung into health, right? So they have their smartphones, smart watches, which already had a lot of the sensors and the rings. And so now they're trying to build this product portfolio of, of devices that can help monitor health. And then, sorry to go back to AI again, their view is that their data uh, collection and, and AI is going to be able to make sense to this and, and recommend things in a more personal way about your health. But in a context where, um, you know, Dr. Hon Pak was telling me from Samsung is a little bit more sensitive and will actually make you do change. So if you're, if you're tired and fed up after a day and, you know, you got no energy, your, 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 uh, sensors that you're wearing, the ring, the watch, whatever, will know this. And it may not say, hey, uh, why don't you go to the gym now? You've not done anything all week. What it may say is, how about you rest tonight? And then maybe tomorrow, we'll see how it goes and do, 
you know, I'm oversimplifying it to some extent, but that is the idea is, you know, when someone says to you, oh, you should do this, it's like, yeah, but if you're not in the right, right mind frame, you're not going to do it, right? Mm. So a bit, uh, so tr- trying to counter maybe the other smartwatches, which are a little bit more, you know, do this and reach your goal. Uh, you know, you've only got this bit to go, but you know, you've got to finish it. You know, it's a little bit, they want to take more of a, uh, a soft, softer approach. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely right. And they want that, whatever the AI assistant they have, whatever it looks like, whenever they get to that stage, they want that to be almost, he described it as your coach, as a coach. Life sort coach. Of saying to you, right, life coach, health coach. And so the ring category was great. And then in the week, who did I have an interview with? The CEO of Honor. So I said to him, and, uh, you know, so what about, what about the rings then? You know, Samsung's ring. He said, we're working on it. Big exclusive. I got big scoop during the work week. Honor CEO said the company's working on its own ring. So, well done. Yeah. You just you just forced it out of him, did you? Forced it out of him. <laughs> just smiled and said, "Hey, what about that ring then? <laughs> you making one?" So look, that's a whole thing. You know, it's not unusual. Uh, device makers like Samsung, like Honor, have for a long time spoken about this word ecosystem, and that means a whole host plethora of devices under the brand which they hope users will buy and and link together everything you know very similar to what apple does and it has been very successful with uh, iphones and apple watches and macbooks etc you know a lot of these device makers are hoping for for a similar goal and they hope that actually with ai the the uh, sort of push to get people to buy multiple of their devices will make more sense because they can market them and say, hey, you know, if you buy these two things together, something Samsung was saying about the ring and the smartwatch, you know, they were saying that actually the ring and the smartwatch will work together to give you much more insight into your health than one of them alone will. Because my, my concern was that actually, isn't the ring just gonna cannibalize sales of smartphones? And uh, their, their response was that actually, no, we think that the two together is gonna provide a lot of value to the consumer so again remains to be seen but that's the vision tom okay fantastic well let's find out now what else is happening in the world of tech the news that apple is ending its electric car ambitions uh, with reports from bloomberg that the tech giant is winding down its team working on developing an electric car to rival tesla uh, with some employees being moved to apple's ai division this is a pretty significant story for uh, for Apple. Um, do you think it's just it's become just too difficult and too time consuming that they want to focus on other areas like AI? Cars are hard, Tom. Mm. Cars are hard. I think that's the reality of it all. Look, um, Apple has obviously been researching cars for a long time, um, and I think one of the the things they've clearly found is that, yeah, they're difficult. And I think for Tim Cook, he sees clearly more fruitfulness in two things. Uh, Artificial intelligence, uh, as you've said, but also I think in Vision Pro, in mixed reality, in augmented reality, in that direction they're pushing in. And it's much easier probably to manufacture a headset than it is an entire car and create production lines for that, etc. But also um, that EV space has become incredibly crowded. Right now, one of the things I saw at MWC was Xiaomi, the Chinese uh, electronics company. Um, they they jumped and have spent billions on, on car development. They bought their car 
to Europe for the first time. It's not launched yet. It's not on sale anywhere in the world. And it's unclear if Xiaomi are going to sell it in Europe. But they bought it off to show, um, to show off what they could do. Um, but it's not an easy endeavor, I think, for Apple um, to, to sort of get into the car game. I don't think this ends Apple's involvement in the auto space. You know, if you use an iPhone and some cars have the compatibility, you can get Apple Car playing cars. So I think where the focus for Apple and automotive shifts to is about software in the car rather than let's let's do cars let's do self-driving um but we'll see we'll see how that goes okay all right let's um let's finish off with stat of the week 22 million i i haven't got one right for so long but i'm gonna go with with the can n- I add a? Yeah, can I, shall I say twenty-two million units? Okay, maybe that helps. Well, it hasn't. It won't change my answer. But the number of smartphones sold in twenty twenty-three. No, um, you're on the right track, though. It's the number of um, foldable smartphones that are projected to be sold in twenty twenty-four, according to Counterpoint research. <laughs> Just because we were talking about bendy screens. Yes, yeah. We're talking about a lot of things. I could have probably come up with about 20 different answers for that. We might have to to adapt Stat of the Week because I am failing at it terribly at the moment. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be looked... How? Yeah, let's... I don't want to look bad. Let's have a rethink. Let's have a rethink. Like, listeners, uh, viewers, get involved. Absolutely. Let us know if if we should change that of the week to help Tom out. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. So, uh, yes, if, if you would like to tell us how we could improve stat of the week, please email uh, us at beyondthevalley at cnbc.com. Arjun, I know you're off to Munich uh, tomorrow. So, you know, safe travels and uh, we will see you, see you next week. Yeah, take care, Tom. All right. Thank you, Arjun. Thanks, Tom. We'll be back next week for another episode of Beyond the Valley. Goodbye. Beyond the Fabulous.